So I'm going to start this recording by telling on myself. Oh, yeah? I got hurt over the weekend, guys. Carrie Ann, I swear <laughs> to God. Like, and we know you're hearing this in November, but we just finished Halloween weekend when we're recording this. Yep, and uh, I took the trash out on uh, Thursday night. It had been raining all day, and as I was coming back up the steps, I slipped and ate shit and cracked my rib like a fucking glow stick. <laughs> and it hurts to laugh and breathe and exist. She partied all weekend. <laughs> she partied all weekend. She wasn't going to let it ruin her good time. Absolutely. Absolutely not. I swear to God. <laughs> so if I laugh and then all of a sudden go, ow, like I'm fine. The audacity. <laughs> Stay home and rest. There will be more Halloweens. <laughs> Fuck. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. We scream because we stream. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2001 Pixar film Monsters, Inc. Guys, <laughs> I feel like of all the films we've done, this is the one we've referenced the most. I know. Now is the appropriate time to, to panic. <laughs> so yeah, we're coming back to a lot of popular references today, a, lo- a lot of popular characters. Uh, guys, I really do think this is us. Like, I really do think this is our wheelhouse when it comes to Pixar. It's probably my favorite. I mean, yeah, Pixar and the strength of its, like, duos on screen. Indeed, indeed. And the strength of our duo. Uh, through the airwaves. Through oh, the airwaves, baby. God bless. I, I'm so happy that we get to talk about Mike and Sully finally today. <laughs> and, and just because basically we're talking about ourselves. I know. But, but you know, and I think we know who's who. <laughs> yes, we had this conversation last week. Yes, we did. You were my, be- my beautiful, big, burly protector. Yes. My Sully. And you are my anxious and neurotic <laughs> little sidekick. I'm very round. <laughs> I'm rotund. I love it. You might say. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, and retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. Guys, let us know what your favorite Pixar films are on the Twitter. Yes, we'd like to have some discussions this this month. We'd, we'd absolutely love to hear from you. Because obviously we've picked our four favorites, but you may not agree. Yeah, you may not agree. Like, Carrie Ann does not agree with me about the merit of cars. <laughs> it's so silly. It's a good one. They're all silly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all silly, you loon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The sentient toys? <laughs> the monster universe that exists in your closet? You're right. You're right. <laughs> all right. Let's get a move on, people. We are on in seven, six, five, four. Okay, people, Eastern Seaboard coming online. The creators of Toy Story. Good morning, fellas. Hey, what's shaking, Bacon? Did you lose weight or a limb? Take you into the world behind your closet door. Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? New makeup. You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. We've always been afraid monsters were there. Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the kid's awake. Waiting to scare us. Twins and a bunk 
stupid. But what we didn't know is that we scared them. What happened? The kid almost touched me. You can't touch a child. They're toxic. If a kid ever got through one of our doors, the results would be catastrophic. That kid. Walt Disney Pictures presents... A killing machine! A Pixar Animation Studios film. There's a kid here! A human kid! We can neither confirm nor deny the presence of a human child. Let's keep it. I always wanted a pet. That can kill me! What are you doing? Monsters Incorporated. It's a musical. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. So help me. So help me. And cut. I remember going to the theater. Do you remember going to the theater? I do. Because, you know, Toy Story 2 was having its popularity. Because that's I think that's 98 or 99 is Toy Story 2. Yeah, it was the most recent one. And, like, I remember loving the expansion of the Toy Story universe. And then we got a whole new, you know... We got a whole new cast of characters to work with, and it was really fun and interesting. Fun fact, they came up with the ideas for Bugs Life, Finding Nemo, WALL-E, and Monsters, Inc., all at the same lunch right after they wrapped Toy Story. Really? Yes. Wow. Like, (laughs) that whole theme of really immersing kids in their imaginative little worlds. Uh Like, what is the world like in the closet that you're scared of? It's another, like I said, with Toy Story. Toy Story is immersive, and so is this movie. It got nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, but guess who it lost to? It wasn't Shrek. It was Shrek. It was? Yeah, it lost to Shrek. Oh, my God. And you know, that, you know what? That's conflicting for me because uh-huh. those are two very important films to me. Yep. And you know what? Either one of them winning would be the right choice. So Absolutely. If it was runner-up, then fine. But like, I don't know. <laughs> it's still pretty good. Directed by Pete Doctor. Not Doctor of Medicine. Just... No, Doctor, not Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pete Doctor. He is the chief creative officer of Pixar. Uh-huh. He also directed Up which destroyed us all. Yeah, exactly. And Inside Out, which destroyed us all again. I think you could agree there are parts of this that destroy us all. Oh, no, absolutely. We'll talk more about it. We will. Screenplay by Andrew Stanton again. He Uh was with us last week. Absolutely. He is responsible for Toy Story along with Joss Whedon. And, uh, guys, Randy Newman, of course, is back. He returns. He's given us some more bangers, guys. This is the fourth Pixar film he will have scored up until this point. Beautiful. They they really were... They looked, They took one listen to Randy Newman, and they said, this is our guy. He rules the 90s, so he'll rule the millennium. <laughs> Just singing about what he sees. <laughs> this movie has a prequel called Monsters University. And y'all, let me tell you, there was never a more satisfying experience than that. Than Monsters University? It was one of the most satisfying film-going experiences I've ever had in my life. Because, you know, Toy, you know, Toy Story had had, you know... It's sequels released. Mm-hmm. And, you know, w- w- the other ones were getting sequels. You know, you've got Finding Dory and Car- <laughs> Cars 2. <laughs> Three and f- Listen, <laughs> you can have your thoughts and feelings about Cars. Okay. I have my thoughts and feelings about Cars. Okay. Cars 2, Cars 3, didn't need to happen. <laughs> it really didn't. Absolutely I, not. I just don't think that that was a good decision there. But you know what? That horse is still spitting out money. Absolutely. So we're going to kick it. Disney Plus, no plug intended, is getting a original series about life after the events of this movie. A series? Yeah, a series. 
Okay. <laughs> you know what? I don't make these decisions. No, you don't. And I don't have to be angry about them. You really don't. I g- <laughs> uh, Last week, you talked about Renderman. <laughs> Not Slenderman. Not Slenderman. It's a program called Renderman that they use to animate in Pixar films. That was what was chiefly used to make uh, Toy Stories 1 and 2, Uh right? uh This week, it's all about the Fizzt. The the what? It's spelled F-I-Z-T, and it's short for physics tool. Fizzt. 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 Fist with a Z. It's fist with a Z. No, it's F-I-Z-T, Fizzt. Yeah, fist with a Z. (laughs) Sure. And, like, they had to build an entire program just for the fur simulation on these monsters. Oh, you mean, like, is this, like, a deal where it's, like, Merida's hair from Brave where they have to work on it for a year or something? Yeah, it, like, took three years for to do all of the fur physics for this movie, just building computer programs with algorithms and then running hours and hours of character tests to make sure the fur moves and looks real on screen. Pixar animators... We love what you do. We love to see the effort. Thank Absolutely. you so much. You spent a lot of money on it, but like, <laughs> thank you. All right, are you ready for We've Got Names? Folks, you might have guessed it, but we have names. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, in his first kicking and streaming appearance, as the better half of our crazy starring duo, James P. Sullivan. Please welcome... Mr. John Goodman! Yay! Guys, you obviously know him as the star of both Roseanne and the Connors. Uh Uh-huh. You know, the Connors, after they had to fire Roseanne. Exactly. He's Dan. (laughs) He's Dan! He's Dan Connor, guys. The character on television that is the closest to our father in real life. I mean, yeah, I I, I do see a lot of dad in Dan, and (laughs) and I appreciate it. I really do. But, guys, he's in plenty of stuff that we all love from childhood, like Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Brother, where art thou? This isn't from childhood, but Carrie Ann loves the Big Lebowski. I love the Big Lebowski. (laughs) I howl at his lines in Big Lebowski. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming in his third appearance as the worst half of our starring duo, (laughs) Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Please welcome back Mr. Billy Crystal. Guys, he was in The Princess Bride when we covered that. As Max. Yes. (laughs) Magical Max. He was also Miracle Max. Yeah, as Miracle Max. And he was also the voice of Calcifer when we covered Howl's Moving Castle. I, who'd have thought? A Ghibli movie. Billy Crystal. And he's also famous for When Harry Met Sally, City Slickers. I learned something today. Uh. He was the first actor to be approached for the voice of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. Really? That would have been so weird. <laughs> I'm glad Tim Allen got the role. And I'll never say that again. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. <laughs> He's a very, very talented comedian. Wait a minute. He's in... He, this is really obscure, but there's a version of Hamlet from 1994 that Kenneth Branagh directed, and he is in it as somebody, because there are two actors that show up in that production that I'm just like, what? One is Billy Crystal, and the other is Robin fucking Williams. I think Billy Crystal's the gravedigger. Yeah, or what? Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's like a lot of care. A lot of actors show up in that movie. You're like, hey, this is working? <laughs> Question mark. 
You know? Billy Crystal does Shakespeare? What? <laughs> Insanely talented. I'm so happy to have him back. He's fucking hilarious. He makes Mike Wazowski who he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Playing our little friend Boo today, we have Mary Gibbs. I don't know shit about her because she doesn't have a hyperlink. No. Actually- on Wikipedia. <laughs> So No, her career is pretty much confined to this franchise. Uh-huh. She's actually the daughter of Rob Gibbs, I think, who is one of the story artists for the film. Oh, nice. And she was so little at the time of recording that she, she's at that age where you can't make them sit still. Exactly. And so instead of sitting in a recording booth and trying to get her to say stuff, they would just follow her around with a microphone. <laughs> and then, like, you know... Use, use the gibberish. Yeah, Pete was like, just cut together whatever makes sense. I don't care. <laughs> She's too cute. And so I just, I love that. Because Boo, for, like, Mary, for having not, you know, done very much at all, is a big part of our childhoods. Uh-huh. She's the one we're meant to identify with in this movie. Exactly. I just, I love her. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming in his second appearance, the human cigarette himself. God. Mr. Steve Buscemi. He was with us when we did uh, Big Fish yes, early, earlier this year. Guys, you know him from other things like The Big Lebowski. Absolutely. With John Goodman. He's also known for his um, appearance in Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Love that movie. Robert Rodriguez's Desperado. Guys, also Fargo, Portlandia, 30 Rock, The Sopranos, other creepy things. Monster House! Monster House? He played Mr. Nebercracker in Monster House. (laughs) Mr. Nebercracker? Yeah, remember? His wife died and then he built a house on top of her. He was also the voice of Templeton in that weird live-action version of Charlotte's Web. And that's so appropriate. (laughs) I can't qualify it, but it's so appropriate. Good casting. Playing Mr. Waternoose today, we have James Coburn. James Coburn. A very prolific old Hollywood hand. I was just looking at his page. Notable works include Duck, You Sucker. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That one stood out to me immediately. He's also in The Magnificent Seven, which is a very famous old Western. The Great Escape with Steve McQueen. Charade, Hard Times. He's contemporaries with Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin. Like, he's worked with some big names. Uh And now he's here today to traumatize us as a uh, crab spider. I can't. I, uh, (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about it. Playing Celia the Gorgon today. (laughs) The Gorgon? Yeah, she's a Gorgon. She's a Gorgon with tentacles. (laughs) We have Jennifer Tilly in her second kicking and streaming appearance. When was she with us before? She is Madame Leota in Haunted Mansion. That's right. Oh my God, that feels like forever ago. We also love her in Liar Liar. Uh Uh-huh. That's an iconic Jennifer Tilly role. She's Bonnie Swanson on Family Guy. Yep. And she's also in Stuart Little. Yes, that's right. She's also... She's also, isn't she Bride of Chucky or whatever that thing yes, is? Yes, she's Tiffany in the Chucky series. <laughs> and doesn't she become a doll herself yes, or something? I love that stupid sequel. Oh my God. Oh my God. You'll never guess who's with us this week. <laughs> Pixar whore John Ratzenberger. Yep. John Ratzenberger is back as our abominable snowman. <laughs> I love how he's credited as Yeti, a.k.a. the abominable snowman. 
I've got some honorable mentions for you this week. Playing Roz today, you know, the admin, Wazowski. That's Bob Peterson. He is a Pixar screenwriter, supervisor. He also provided uh, the voice for Jerry in Jerry's Game, <laughs> the, the short before A Bug's Life. Really? Yes. I love that. Some other honorable mentions this week. Uh, Frank Oz is back. Yeah, Dark Crystal, guys. Remember all the way back in the day when we did Dark Crystal? He voices Fungus, Randall's assistant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, guys, Bonnie Hunt is back. Yeah, she was with us when we did Jumanji. She is the uh, training supervisor at the very beginning of the movie. I, I credited her as Dragon Lady in my notes, <laughs> but her name is Ms. Flint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we get started talking about the movie, let's talk about the short that accompanies this feature for just two seconds. Sure. We'll keep this short, but this is one of my personal favorite Pixar shorts. It's called For the Birds. Uh Uh-huh. And this one is about just birds on a wire, you know? Yeah, they're chilling. They're chilling, all these little birds on a wire. Are they red? They're blue. Okay, they're... I was like, am I th- I'm thinking of Angry Birds for some reason. <laughs> it does have big Angry Bird vibes, because <laughs> all these little blue birds are just chilling out on this wire. They're vibing, they're having a good time, and then they see this big, weird bird... I say weird, but he's very nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He just wants to come sit next to them and be part of the group. Exactly. But he's too big and weird and they don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> and I just love this because the foley in this short is amazing. Like all of the little birds are like little squeaker toys. Uh-huh. And then the big bird is like like a horn. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he crams himself between those birds and just starts pulling the wire down <laughs> with his weight. Just all the way to the ground. And all the little birds get pissed. They're like, you're, you're harsh and our mellow. Yeah. And so they start pecking at his feet until all his toes come off the wire. Yeah. And I love it. That one bird looks down and realizes <laughs> they're like next to the ground. And he knows what's going to happen. They're basically in a giant slingshot now. <laughs> and you guessed it, that bird lets go and they all go flying. <laughs> and I howl every single it's time. so immediate and gone. That's what you get for being mean girls. Exactly. They were literally like, you can't sit with us. Hey, birds on the wire, don't be dicks. <laughs> Let that big bird chill out with you. Anything else you want to talk about before we get started? <sighs> Let's get to screaming. Oh my God! (laughs) Let me just say, right here at the top, this opening sequence, which is brilliantly done with all, you know, the drawings and the doors and everything, but I think it should be mandatory for this music to play in every elevator in America. love it so much. It sounds like we're getting ready to listen to a radio special or something. (laughs) We begin in a child's bedroom. He's attempting to sleep. (laughs) This taps into something for every child, I believe. You know, you know, you remember being a child sleeping in your bed, trying to keep out the dark, focusing real hard on your nightlight if you had one. Yeah, just staring into the nightlight, praying from daylight. Because there's shit under your bed. 
and there's shit in the closet, and oh. it's going to get you if you get out of bed, right? Absolutely. I would always cram pillows and blankets in the crevices <laughs> between my bed and the wall. Like, nothing can get at me now. Listen, I was not an athletic child, but I remember training myself to get a running start down the hall uh-huh. so that the moment my feet hit the threshold of my room, I could long jump across the room into my bed yes. so that nothing would grab my ankles as I got into bed. So our sleep paralysis demons won't kill us. Yes. <laughs> and like, this is the same kind of beginning as last week, right? Yeah. It's super immersive. It puts you right in that spot. Exactly. Where you were as a child again. And that's the magic of Pixar. The eyes opening underneath the bed. Oh, I know, I know. This monster starts rising up over this kid, and it's big, and it's scary, and that music has crescendo. kid starts screaming. That sends the monster screaming. The monster is also screaming. When he ends up on the jacks on the floor and they're stuck in his ass. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the lights come up, everything powers down, and we realize we're in a training simulation. It's a fucking simulation. I literally wrote, and the kid's a robot! What? <laughs> what? What? Bonnie Hunt is here to tell this monster, whose name is Flem, by the way. <laughs> all right, Mr. Bile. My friends call me Flem. She's here to tell him exactly what he did wrong in the simulation. Can anyone tell me Mr. Biles' big mistake? Ugh. Let's take a look at the tape. Here we go. Uh, right. There. See? The door. You left it wide open. And leaving the door open is the worst mistake any employee can make because... Um, it could let in a draft? It could let in a child. This is where we get Mr. Waternoose. Mr. Waternoose is the president and CEO of Monsters Incorporated. Here's the thing. Monsters Incorporated provides the energy and power for the entirety of this universe that we know of. And the fuel. I didn't realize that until this point. And the thing is, I don't know what kind of governance we have in Monstropolis, but I think Monsters, Inc. is separate from it. Really? It's, It's a private enterprise. And I'm like, that's what you call monopoly. Oh, yeah. We we have privatized the utilities. Like, that's just not good. And on top of the corporate horror of it all, we also have to deal with the horror of Mr. Waternoose himself. Like, guys, I understand that there's lots of scary things in this movie. For some friggin' reason, this crab spider with a million eyes and fingers is just... Is the stuff of nightmares big, for me. Big nope. Yeah. Big nopes. You know, he is an evil but beautiful creation. Right? You know what I mean? So ugly, he's beautiful. So ugly, he's beautiful. Like Agra. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Or if, the Grand High Witch. If this was if this was live action, Frank Oz would be puppeting Mr. Water News. Absolutely. <laughs> this society is terrified of children. There's nothing more toxic or deadly than a human child. A single touch could kill you. Leave a door open and a child could walk right into this factory, right into the monster world. I won't go in a kid's room. You can't make me. (laughs) You're going in there because we need this. 
when it flares up and makes the lights go haywire. Oh my god! They really are powered on the screams of children. But here's the thing, we're also in an energy crisis. That's right. Because human children are now kind of desensitized to horror because of violent television and video games and all that fun stuff. So screams are just difficult to come by these days. Yes, it's dangerous work, and that's why I need you to be at your best. I need scarers who are confident, tenacious, tough, intimidating. I need scarers like, like James P. Sullivan. Sully is like the quarterback of this whole factory. He's a big, furry, mammalistic creature. I don't even know. He's got pointy teeth and horns and big arms. And he's green and purple and blue. Green? We are not going to have this debate. Okay. I'm colorblind. <laughs> you just let me say what I think they are, okay? Okay. I mean, okay, fine. It's open he's to- He's green and blue and purple. He, okay, fine. I, How could you argue with that? He's blue and purple. He's fucking cones in the back of my eyes. <laughs> God damn it. But anyway, his, the color of his pelt aside, he is also the top scarer at Monsters, Inc. This makes him kind of celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got a training card out there somewhere. <laughs> With his scare stats on the back? He's got ad deals. Oh my god. You know what I mean? And, you know, yeah, this is Mike and Sully. Mike Wazowski, of Polish descent? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> or Czech, I don't know. Mike Wazowski is this very small, very round, one-eyed, horned creature. <laughs> He's bright green. His partner and best friend. Yeah, they're besties. They live together in an apartment in Monstropolis, and... I love this whole sequence with Mike training him because he works with him at Monsters Incorporated as his assistant. He's the best hype man you could ask for. Okay, Sully, here we go. You ready? Follow ah. oh, It's over here. Ah. Oh, look over there. Ah. Don't let the kid touch him. Ah. Don't let it touch him. Ah. And I don't know what it's been said. I love scaring kids in bed. Come on, fight that clock. Fight that clock. Scary monsters don't have clock. It's like he's a wrestler and he's the guy massaging his shoulders in the corner. <laughs> love it when we see him on Sully's shoulder while he's brushing his teeth. Why brushing the teeth? <laughs> Come on, fight that plaque. Fight that plaque. Scary, Scary monsters don't, don't have plaque. Do you want to talk about the Monsters, Inc. commercial that they see? <laughs> this is where they lay it all out. <laughs> the, the ad comes on the television while they're training and he's like, oh, it's on. He's so excited. I'm in this one. I'm in this one. I love this. They explain the whole Megillah in this ad, how the top scarers get the scares and the support staff harvest them for energy. Carefully matching every child to their ideal monster <coughs> to produce superior screen, refined into clean, dependable energy. Every time you turn something on, Monsters Incorporated is there. I Monsters Incorporated. We know the challenge. The window of innocence is shrinking. Human kids are harder to scare. Human kids are getting harder to scare. Uh-huh. Kids today, so desensitized by movies and television. Yes, that's great. <laughs> nice reference, bro. Absolutely. I love it when they're showing the child getting bored with whatever scary is playing on television and his head just falls in his bowl of popcorn. <laughs> not an actual child. Yeah, it said simulation. This is not an actual child. Well, what is it? Is it that scary robot from the beginning? <laughs> That thing's cursed. <laughs> I don't like looking at it. Oh, my God. Okay, get to the best part of the commercial. <laughs> so, at the very end, and it's all of the workers on the scare floor in the factory, and since, you know, Mike and Sully are the top scarers, they get to stand up front and say the line. Okay, here I come. We're working for a better tomorrow. 
Today! Where am I? Monsters Incorporated. We scare because we care. The round Monsters Inc. logo <laughs> covers Mike's entire body <laughs> and his smile just drops. <laughs> Where am I? Monsters Incorporated. You can't see him at all. <laughs> and he goes, I don't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, Mike. I was on TV. Ah, did you see me? I'm a natural. I can't tell if he's deliberately not letting it upset him or if he's just oblivious. Mike and Sully walk into work at Monsters Incorporated. And this is where we meet the gal that runs the front desk, Mike's girlfriend, Celia. Celia. Monsters Inc., please hold. Monsters Inc., I'll connect you. Ms. Fearmonger is on vacation. Would you like her voicemail? Oh, schmoozy poo. <gasps> Googly bear. Happy birthday. Oh, googly woogly, you remembered. I don't know how to qualify this, but she is way out of his league. Like, I <laughs> I have no idea how to qualify that. I just, she is too good for him. <laughs> Mike wishes her a happy birthday. It's her birthday. Yes. Oh, googly woogly, you remembered. Mike tells Celia that tonight they will be dining at... Harryhausen's. Harryhausen's? You know what Harryhausen is, right? What is that a spoof of? It's it's a reference to an old stop animation creator, Harryhausen. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's... I thought it was making fun of some sort of steakhouse. I don't know. I, I don't know. I love it. I love it when he's leaving and he goes, you, you and me, me and you, both, both of us together. <laughs> when they're in the locker room getting ready to go on the scare floor. When Mike puts in that one gigantic eye contact. <laughs> eye contact lens. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, she is the one. This is where we have to talk about something else that lives in my nightmare is rent-free. Yeah, and it's Steve Buscemi. (laughs) (laughs) We have to talk about Randall. I literally wrote, fuck Randall forever. Randall is the second top scarer in Monsters, Inc. Perfect role for Steve Buscemi. Absolutely. (laughs) He is a purple, six-legged chameleon type thing, and he is a friggin' creep. Hey, Randall, save it for the scare floor, will you? I'm in the zone today, Sullivan. Gonna be doing some serious scaring, putting up some big numbers. Wow, Randall, that's great. That should make it even more humiliating when we break the record first. Ha ha! He lives to antagonize Sully and Mike to no end. He's trying to beat them. He's trying to beat them out to be the top scarer. Yeah, there's like this all-time scare record that both he and Sully are trying to break. Yes. And just every day it's like this. And I'm like, aren't you exhausted? That's what capitalism does. (laughs) It exhausts you. It pits you against one another until you're nothing but shells. I know, but Randall at least seems to enjoy it. I guess. Another character we have to talk about real quick. Yes, we have to go up and check in with the administration booth with lovely Roz. Good morning, Roz, my succulent little garden snail. And who would we be scaring today? Wazowski, you didn't file your paperwork last night. Oh, that darn paperwork. Wouldn't it be easier if it all just blew away? Don't let it happen again. Roz reminds me very strongly of a lunch lady we had in elementary school. No way! 
Yay! Yeah, and because we would get our lunches and then walk away from her and go, Wazowski, you didn't file your paperwork last night. Was she also a giant banana slug? I, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> she might have been underneath that uniform. <laughs> Who knows? But yes, Roz takes care of the paperwork. She's really, really <laughs> into paperwork. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. Always. Ooh, she's nuts. <laughs> So here we have the scare floor. Oh yeah, it's time to talk about how the scare floor works. This is so cool. It is! Like, it's so amazing. They thought of everything! They really did. So here's how it works. Every kid in the world has a file on them at Monsters, Inc. This suggests they have researched beyond their dimension. I know. Each file has their profile, what they're scared of, and contains a key card that corresponds to a door in storage. The mics of the scare floor... The scare floor assistants. Yes, they scan the card in the door dock, and that door is retrieved. They attach an empty scream tank to the door dock and then let the scarers do their thing. Yeah. And if a kid can no longer be scared, they shred that door. Exactly. They write it off as a loss. It's mm. not worth it anymore. Yeah. We're getting production underway for the day. Some of these monsters just aren't as scary as others. And I, I love that they come in all shapes and sizes. Uh-huh. I also love all their regular white people names. <laughs> like George? Like George and Randy and... <laughs> Stu and Steve. Like, oh my God. Yeah. We have to talk about what happens when the monsters come into contact with children or their belongings. Let's talk about this again. They are actually terrified of human beings. They believe them to be dangerous and toxic. Because we have that one monster where the kid almost touches him and he comes running out of the door inconsolably traumatized. <laughs> it almost touched me. She yes, wasn't this close to me. She wasn't scared of you? She was only six. I could have been dead. I could have died. Do you want to talk about George real quick? George and what's his assistant's name? Charlie. George and Charlie, they're working their door dock right next to Mike and Sully. And Mike is asking about how Georgie's doing. George backs out of the door he's currently in and goes, keep the doors coming, Charlie. I'm on a roll today. George turns around. There is a tiny little booty sock <laughs> stuck to his fur on his back. And it is chaos down here, Tom. I love working with that big guy. Keep the doors coming, Charlie. I'm on a roll today. George and I are like brothers. <laughs> 2319! We have a 2319! <laughs> this is where I wrote. Oh, it's serious. Uh-huh. Oh, it's real serious. The CDA, the Child Detection Agency, suddenly appears. They're like SWAT and CDC and Homeland all mixed <laughs> into one. They are the government. <laughs> They swoop in, and they, they're handling this sock so gingerly, like it's radioactive. They bomb it. Yeah, they put, like, just like the bomb squad, they put it under one of those domes, and then they remotely blow it up. And then they shave all of George's hair <laughs> off of him, put a cone on him, uh, like and shower him off. Like he's a dog that just had surgery. He's been contaminated. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I hurt my sock. 
And so Sully is also a working man who's trying to succeed here. Uh-huh. He's already the top scarer and he has potential to go even farther. So he cares about what Waternoose thinks about him. Yeah. And, you know, Waternoose is already very impressed with him. So he wants Sully to come down and show some of the newer recruits how it's really done. Yeah. For a demonstration. You know, give the new blood a real taste of what it means to be a top scarer. And so that will come back to haunt us in a really terrible way. At the end of the day, Mike is getting ready to take Celia out for her birthday. Guess what he forgets to do? He forgets to file his paperwork. So once again, he's going to be in trouble with Roz. So Sully, being the great guy that he is, offers to go back and file it for him. (laughs) Take your girlfriend out. It's her birthday. I'll go back and do it. Sully's the realist. I love him. And so when Sully gets to the scare floor, there is a solitary door still on the dock Mm -hmm. that's not supposed to be there. No. All doors go back at the end of the night. It's too dangerous to keep them out here. It's cute and it's got flowers on it. Yeah. He opens this door to see if there's anybody in there. Mm -hmm. And but like nobody home. All dark, no children. And so he closes it back. And you hear this noise, this thumping noise. And he turns around. And there is a human child. A little girl. Picking up his tail and dropping it back on the floor. Bucket. This is Boo. Yeah, this is Boo. This is where we get Boo for the first time. She's so precious. She's so precious. Oh, she is a precious little two-year-old. And, like, she isn't afraid of Sully at all. She's not afraid of any of them. <laughs> She's only afraid of one of them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And we will get there. And, like, she she thinks he's a big cat. <laughs> she calls him Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and God. we'll continue to call him Kitty throughout. This is the beginning of Sully being completely unable to shake Boo. Yes. Because Boo's not scared of him. She keeps following him around. He needs to put her back in this room, but she won't go back. Yeah. She keeps following him. She (laughs) follows him to the locker room. And when he he has to scoop her up in a duffel bag to bring her back to the scare floor, when he gets back, Randall is here for some GD reason. What Randall is doing is he is going into the scare floor at night after everyone has gone home to continue working on his scare score. Yeah. Like, he's not working, honestly. He's working off the clock to boost his numbers. He's cheating. He's cheating, yes. Yeah, and so, like, whatever. Like, whatever you want to do, Randall, be that way about it. But Randall sends the door back before Sully can put Boo back in the door. Now he just has a kid in a duffel bag. It's like carrying a radioactive, you know, it's like carrying a virus around in a duffel (laughs) bag. You've got a dirty bomb in a bag and now you have to keep it. Unsure of what to do, Sully takes the duffel bag with Boo in it and leaves the factory. And the only thing he can think to do is go straight to Harryhausen's and crash Mike's date with Celia. He's obviously scared. He has broken not only their laws, but the laws of their nature. Uh Uh-huh. I'd be fucking freaking out, too. Absolutely. And so we get to Harryhausen's. Mike and Celia are being gross. Sully shoves himself in the booth with them. (laughs) They hide behind a menu and have a little conversation. Get out of here. You're ruining everything. I went back to get your paperwork, and there was a door. What? A door? Randall was in it. Wait a minute. 
Randall. <gasps> that cheater. He's trying to boost his numbers. There's something else. What? Look lay in the egg bay. What? Look in the bag. Tries to show him the bag. Ooklay in the egg bay. <laughs> what? Look in the bag. But Boo has wandered away with the bag on her head. She likes the monsters. <laughs> she she they're fun. She wants to play with everybody. <laughs> she gets out of the bag and leaps up on a table and goes, Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Again with the chaos, the CDA is on the way. We are not dealing with the 2319. This is the 7835. Oh, I didn't realize there was a number attached to that one. Thank you, subtitles. <laughs> a 2319 is just an article from a human. A 7835 is the human. And like, it's just everybody's in oh shit mode because this has never happened. They put her in a little takeout box and escaped the restaurant and they're running down the street bickering at each other and you can hear in the background, prepare for decontamination. And this gigantic spectral orb beams up out of everywhere. It's like a decontamination dome. What happened to everyone within the realm of that sphere? (laughs) Cut to a news report entitled Kid (laughs) Tastrophe. The testimonials from the citizens of Monstropolis. That's one of my favorite jokes, because you know every time there is a disaster, the news crews go out on the streets and find the dumbest fuck with the least amount of teeth to tell you about what they saw. Well, a kid flew right over me and blasted a car with its laser vision. I tried to run from it, but it picked me up with its mind powers and shook me like a doll. It's true! I saw the whole thing! It is my professional opinion that now is the time to panic! I love right after that happens, she pushes the television over and breaks it. They're having fun having her in the apartment. They have no idea what to do with her. She's wrecking everything. Because they think she's toxic to them, but they can't get rid of her either or they'll get in trouble for letting her in. She knocks over all of Mike's albums. She's tearing apart the furniture. But what Mike can't stand is when she picks up Little Mikey. Oh, his childhood teddy bear? It's not a bear. No, it's not. It's got one eye. But Sully calls it a bear, so I wrote a bear. Little Mikey. And this is where we get the scream surge. She starts making noise. Oh, the noise those kids make. It's like they're booting up. She's going to cry. She's buffering (laughs) for an outburst. Mike, give her the bear. The lights start surging on and off just from her screaming in the apartment. And then they're trying to get her to stop, and Mike ends up stuck in a trash can (laughs) with a stereo busted on top of his head. (laughs) And this makes Boo scream with laughter. This is on a next level of power. We get a shot from the outside of the building. Every light in the city surges until it busts. What was that? I have no idea, but it would be really great if it didn't do it again. 
And so we get this scene where they're trying to figure out what to do with her. <laughs> they're keeping her occupied with her little pictures that she's drawing and well, everything. Like, Sully won't actually give her food. He's just trying to throw Cheerios at her from across the room. Also, they have Cheerios. Yeah. What I, the fuck? I'm sure they're called something like Monstero's. Monstero's, or yeah. Or something like that. With a special surprise inside. Uh-huh. That's my favorite episode of Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> Yes. Yes. With the special surprise inside. (laughs) So Sully is putting her to bed in his room. Of course she wants to sleep in his bed. He's just going to leave her in there like, good night, whatever. You're complicating my life. She wants him to check the closet. Yeah. She's scared of the closet. And he, he opens it up and he goes, it's empty. See? And she's so scared. And she holds up a picture she's drawn of Randall. Hey, that looks like Randall. Randall's your monster. You think he's going to come through the closet and scare you? Oh, boy, how do I explain this? Uh, It's empty. See? No monster in here. Well, now there is. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to scare you. I'm off duty. And, like, he's starting to kind of like her, I think. Like, yeah. I don't think he thinks of it that way because I think it freaks him out because she's basically a germ in his world and he's starting to get emotionally invested in the germ. I think her laughing herself to sleep was very endearing to him. Uh-huh. I think that's the moment it turns over for him. Well, how could you? Not? She's so cute. I know. How could you be scared of her? This is where Sully tells Mike that they could just put her back in the same door she came out of. And then it's like nothing ever happened. Like all they got to do is somehow sneak her back into work and put her back in her door. And that's going to prove to be very, very difficult because the whole city's on alert. (laughs) And Mike, Mike has no faith in this. What are we going to do? March right out into public with that thing? Then I guess we just waltz right up to the factory, right? I can't believe we are waltzing right up to the factory. Yeah, Sully, a mop, a couple of lights, and some chair fabric are not going to fool anyone. Just think about a few names, will you? Loch Ness, Bigfoot, the Abominable Snowman. They all got one thing in common, pal. Banishment. We could be next. They've taken some, like, chair fabric from Sully's chair uh-huh. and, like, a couple of light bulbs and made her a little monster disguise. They've disguised her. So she just looks like a little monster child. Again, they could be banished from their world for doing this. Yeah, like, that... The, it, for harboring the human child. Banished to the human world, and we know how that is. Indeed. <laughs> I'd rather be... I hate it here. I... <laughs> And so they get inside work, and the CDA is there investigating every nook and cranny. They are on this, like, white on rice. They're rappelling from the ceiling. They're scanning people with, like, I don't know, human detectors. Mike leaves Sully and Boo alone in the locker room while Mike goes to admin to get Boo's key. All we have to do is get rid of that thing, so wait here while I get its card key. But she can't stay here. This is the men's room. That is the weirdest thing you have ever said. It's fine. It's okay. Look, it loves it here. It's dancing with joy. How many times a month do we look at each other and go, that That is is the weirdest thing you have ever said. said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. 
good. I love Mike Wazowski so much. <laughs> Name a single line of his that's not quotable. <laughs> he goes to admin to ask Roz for this card key that Randall was supposedly using last night, but she's not messing with him. No. Why, Roz? Because he didn't file his paperwork again last night. Shutting the door on his fingers? Randall was working late last night out on a scare floor. I really need the key for the door he was using. Well, isn't that nice? But guess what? You didn't turn in your paperwork last night. He did? I, mean, I no p- p- paperwork. This office is now closed. So that doesn't work, and Mike comes back to the locker room, and Sully and Boo are playing a game of hide-and-seek. Yeah. They're bonding. Uh-huh. And, like, Mike's a little annoyed. He's like, don't, 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 don't get emotionally attached to that thing. We gotta get rid of it. And this is where Randall and Fungus, his assistant, come into the locker room. I wrote, not his chameleon ass. I know. And they start talking in all these hushed tones about the kid escaping. Uh, not very hushed. Uh, yep, not for fungus. No. What but- about the child? <laughs> the front page! It's on the front page. The child. The one you were after. Will you be quiet? Don't you think I'm aware of the situation? I was up all night trying to find it. Uh, I did a simple calculation. Factoring in the size of the sushi restaurant, the child may have escaped! Yeah, well, until we know for sure, we're gonna act like nothing happened, understand? You just get the machine up and running. I'll take care of the kid. Because remember, Randall was there last night. Randall thinks they did this. Yeah. Randall thinks they let the child loose because he didn't notice Sully at all. So they're going on to the scare floor. Sully thinks Mike has her card, but he doesn't. No, he's just got a random card that he pulls out of someone's pocket. He's just going to send her back to wherever. The wrong door. Like, it does. she could end up in friggin' Beijing for all he knows. Yeah. And so he scans that card and this not right door comes down. And, you know, Sully. Mike, this isn't Boo's door. Boo? What's Boo? That's what I decided to call her. Their problem? Sully, you're not supposed to name it. Once you name it, you start getting attached to it. Now put that thing back where it came from, or so help me! The whole scare floor is watching them fight about (laughs) this. What's the deal? (laughs) Oh, hey! We're rehearsing uh, a scene for the upcoming company play called, uh, Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> it's a musical. Yeah, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. So help me, so help me, and cut. <laughs> Guys, next summer, starring in Put That Thing Back Where It Came From, or so help me, Carrie Ann and Ross McMichael. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Put that thing away from me, you guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love that gag so much. And so... During this whole mess, Boo manages to run away because that's what three-year-olds do. Kids hit a certain age, and they are just wanting zoomies all the time. She joins a little tour group for kiddos. Yes, it's Go- like the, 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 the corporate daycare or whatever. Yeah. You know what the daycare uh, worker's name is? What? Mrs. Nesbitt. No. Yes. No. Yes, she is credited as Mrs. Nesbitt. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. She is Mrs. Nesbitt. Nesbitt. This is also how Randall kind of figures out that Mike and Sully might be responsible for letting Boo out because he's looking at the pictures mm-hmm. of the night before at Harry Housen's. The picture's on the front page of the paper. It's of Boo. Yeah. And in the background is a very scared and blurry Mike 
He pulls Mike aside and tells him he knows. He knows that Mike and Sully let Boo out and that they know where she is. And, like, he basically threatens him. Mm -hmm. He says, listen, at noon, when everyone goes to lunch, I'm going to make sure that door is in the docking station. Yeah. And if you don't put her back, I will grievously harm you. (laughs) Okay, Randall, shit. (laughs) You see that clock? And the big hand is pointing up. And the little hand is pointing up. The kid's door will be in my station. But when the big hand points down, the door will be gone. You have until then to put the kid back. Get the picture? Lunch is closing in. Oh, yeah. They're running out of time to get Boo back to her door. So they go running out onto the scare floor. And just like Randall said, her door is right there. It's the right door and everything. White door, pink flowers. But for some reason, Sully just doesn't feel good about this. Because Mike brings up Randall. Yeah. Come on, it's time to move. Mike, what are you thinking? We can't trust Randall. He's after Boo. Who cares? Let's go. This is a limited time offer. No, no. I don't like this. Look, Sully, you wanted her door, and there it is. Now let's move. No, Mike. You want me to prove everything's on the up and up? Fine. He wants a door, they get the door. Mike, he don't want the door. He's a paranoid delusional furball. Mike goes into her room to prove how safe it is, and he's not in there for 10 seconds. He's jumping up and down on the bed, <laughs> and then he gets boxed. He gets scooped up in the dark. <laughs> Randall has kidnapped Mike thinking that he's Boo. Which I don't under... I know it's dark in there, but come on. <laughs> You'd think he would notice the weight difference. Exactly. And like he like dumps Mike in this fake cart, and he's just pushing him off the scare floor. And like Sully's like... Uh, uh, I don't know what to do. (laughs) So Sully and Boo follow Randall to this creepy side hallway on the other side of the building. It's hidden. Yeah. It's a secret door to get to this ominous fucking hallway that Randall just went down. It's like a secret hallway all the way down to this secret laboratory. Yeah, I don't even know. What what even is this part of the factory? I don't know. There's a lot of uh, pipes and uh, machinery. I wrote, this ominous fucking corridor is here. Why? <laughs> Like for secret illegal activity, Ross. I, mean, I guess they get Randall and Fungus get that box out, and there this perfect Mike-shaped chair <laughs> is sitting with a spotlight on it, and they dump the box out into this chair, thinking it's the kid, and it's Mike. Wazowski, <gasps> where is it, you little one-eyed cretin? Okay, first of all, it's creepy. If you're going to threaten me, do it properly. Second of all, you're nuts if you think kidnapping me is going to help you cheat your way to the top. (laughs) You still think this is about that stupid scare record? So this is where we get the whole deal with Randall's evil secret plan. Because before, we thought that Randall was just working late to cheat for his scare numbers. No, 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 no. That's not what's going on at all. He's got something far more sinister in mind. Um, so, basically, he's got this big old gun apparatus thing. I literally wrote scream vacuum. Yeah, scream vacuum. It's got, like, this hose attached to it, and then in the back of it is a place to stick, like, a bunch of scream tanks. Yeah. And he's what he's gonna do is he's gonna use this device that he's created to suck the energy out of children, literally harvest their life forces to steamroll their capitalistic enterprise. Rather than get the kids to scream organically by scaring them, he's going to take the scream from them by force, which there's just something incredibly 
uncomfy about that. Sully has creeped down there with Boo mm-hmm. and has bore witness to the entire sorry affair. And so he distracts Randall by unplugging the machine. Mm-hmm. And while Randall is trying to plug it back in, Sully pulls Mike out of that chair and traps Fungus in it. <laughs> you guys know how Fungus is red? <laughs> when Randall comes back up and he doesn't notice it first and then looks up, just his gasp, it makes me laugh every time. Fungus is, is strapped to the chair, getting all of the color sucked out of him. He's turning white. It's so scary. <laughs> so scared for what might happen to those kids. Jesus. <laughs> we are getting out of here now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start a new life. Like, Mike is ready to dip. Yeah, Mike is like, we're out of here. We have, we need new names. We need a new life. <laughs> like, But rather than cut and run, Sully decides that he's going to explain this whole thing to Mr. Waternoose, what Randall has done, so he can fix the situation while keeping Boo safe and without ruining the company. Indeed. Like, he's trying to keep everybody happy here. Remember the scare demonstration that Waternoose wanted him to come to? Yes, we're going to go to that. Well, it's happening right now on the training floor. And, of course, Waternoose doesn't want to hear about this. He's a little preoccupied. He doesn't want to hear about Sully's problems until he does the simulation. Mike and Boo step off to one side. They shove him in the simulator. And this is audio that I can live without the rest of my life. No, no, now, no. give us a big, loud roar. Mr. Waternoose, there's no time for come this. Come on, come on, what are you waiting for? Roar! But, but, but sir... Roar! <laughs> when Sully scares Boo, it kills everyone... And our ancestors. Yeah. It digs our ancestors up and kills them again. Oh. That's how much it hurts. It's so, she's, mm, I'm so upset. And she's running from him. She, yeah, she's crying and like trying to get away from him. And he's trying to be like, it's just me. And, but she won't have it. Mm-mm. She is too scared of him now. And when he's trying to console her and he gets a look at himself on the monitor. No, 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 no. It's okay. I was just, oh, no, 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 no. Scared? That wasn't real. It's just a. I was just. The emotion yeah. in his face. It's animated so well. Like, oh, have you had that moment before? Yeah. Where you take a breath and you think, oh no, I really acted up right there. <laughs> oh no, now I'm the ass. Yes, actually, yes. yes. And, like, she trips, and her little hood falls down, and this is where Waternoose realizes she's the kid. This is when you begin to smell something fishy, because Uh Waternoose is not McReady. Mm -mm. He is way too chill about her being around. Yeah, he's not furious. He's just kind of calmly going into damage control mode. He picks her up. Yeah. He touches her. He's not afraid of her. Yeah. Like, that just, mm, that Here's the thing. What's coming next was a shock to my childhood. Yeah, when you watched it for the first time, you were like, wait a minute, what? And so nowadays I know I should have smelled something. I should have smelled something. He leads them to this, uh, to the side door, Doc. And this gigantic metal door comes down. Because they, he told them that they're going to put Boo back. Yeah. Uh, sir, that's not her door. I know. 
I know. It's yours. No! Like Randall appears and opens the door and Waternoose shoves them through the door. And like Sully desperately grasping to get back at the door right before Waternoose slams it shut. And as soon as he opens it back up, there's nothing on the other side. was a shock to me. I did not see that coming, not even a little bit. They are banished. But here's the thing, not officially. Yeah. He's not the authority on that. Mm-mm. He basically just made them disappear. Extrajudicially. And it's what, he's not going to tell anyone? Nope. He's just going to tell everyone they ran off. Oh my God. And they're not the first monsters to be banished. They certainly are not. It's time to talk about one of the best characters in this movie. <laughs> Please welcome Pixar whore John Ratzenberger. <laughs> As the abominable snowman. He, they're literally, okay, Mike and Sully are fighting, and they are in the middle of beating the shit out of each other, and he just wanders up. Welcome to the Himalayas! Abominable! <laughs> Can you believe that? Do I look abominable to you? Why can't they call me the adorable snowman or, or the agreeable snowman for crying out loud? So now we are in Nepal. Yeah, yeah. Obviously in the Himalayas. <laughs> it is very snowy. We're in the middle of a blizzard. Mike. And Mike and Sully are taking refuge in the Yeti's cave. Mike has a glove on every appendage. <laughs> he has two gloves on his horns, two gloves on his hands, and two gloves on his feet. And he is pissed. Mike is absolutely fucking pissed. He got, he he thinks Sully lost them their lives. Like, literally. And not only has he ruined their lives, but all he gives a shit about right now is Boo. But, but don't worry. The Abominable Snowman is here to offer refreshment. <laughs> He's made them snow cones. Snow cone. You know what else I love? What? He is practically an exact copy of the abominable snowman from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yeah? He's just a little bit different in shape, but he's got all the same features and fur texture. Maybe that's a nod. I think it is. I think it is. And, like, he's so friendly and hospitable. I need to know what he did to get banished to the human world. Right? What did he do? Like, maybe he's just too annoying. Maybe. Maybe they just put him there because he was too friendly. He offered one too many snow cones, and they said, (laughs) That's it! And threw him through the big metal door. (laughs) (laughs) Mike and Sully are obviously not getting along because Sully's kind of ruined their lives and I get it, but Sully's just focused on getting back to Boo. I kind of really dislike Sully in this moment. Really? Yeah, I do. I don't care for it at all. Like You think that Mike needs a little bit of consideration here. Like, all he can care about is that child. And I mean, I get it. He loves that kid. She needs someone to care about her right now. She needs someone. She's in danger. And I understand his feelings, but like for him just to not be reciprocating Mike at all, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, where is this coming from? How can you be this dead inside? You know? Yeah. And then the Yeti mentions that there is a village nearby. No, no. Something about a village. Where? Are the kids in it? Kids? Sure. Tough kids. Sissy kids. Kids who climb on rocks. Where is Hey, hey, it's at the bottom of the mountain, around a three-day hike. Oh, three days? We need to get there now! What he 
he's going to do is he's going to go back down to the village and he's going to crawl through another kid's closet door. And so Sully starts, put, he's like, I can't, I can't spend three days getting there. I need to get there now. So he starts building a sled out of the junk that's in the cave. Once again, Mike is pissed. Yeah. He starts throwing those snow cone balls at him. Boo! What about us? <laughs> Ever since that kid came in, you've ignored everything I've said. And now look where we are. Oh, we were about to break the record, Sully. We would have had it made. None of that matters now. None of it matters? Wait, wait, wait a second. None of it matters? Oh, would you look at that? We're out of snow cones. Uh, let me just go outside and make some more. That's my favorite moment. <laughs> oh, would you look at that? We're out of snow cones. I'm going to use that to get out of awkward situations. <laughs> Like, if you're bickering with someone, it, I'm going to go, oh, would you look at that? We're out of snow cones. I'm just going to go get some more. Oh, my God. And, you know, this is the part where I stop laughing because Billy Crystal's got his sincere voice on. Yeah. Sully, what about everything we ever worked for? Does that matter? Huh? What about Celia? I am never, never going to see her again. Doesn't that matter? What about me? I'm your pal. I'm, I'm your best friend. Don't I matter? And Sully apologizes to him. He's like, I didn't mean for any of this to happen, but we can save Boo. We have the chance. And Mike's like, no, no, nay, nay. Mm-mm. See, there is no we anymore, pal. And I'm like, ooh, that kind of breaks me a little bit. Yeah, you are on your own. I'm not freezing to death over some kid. Arms crossed, back turned. And Sully's like, yeah. I deserve this. And sheepishly goes off with his little sled. And then, like, Mike, Mike turns around. He's like, I can't believe he's left. Yeah, exactly. He's so hurt. Just the, the tiniest details, Pixar. His big eye just getting a little wet. Yeah. He's not crying, but he's about to. And I just, oh, it breaks me. Cut to Sully positively zooming down the side of this mountain. It is a blizzard, and he is going to hit something and derail. (laughs) When he propels by the snowman, hey, I got more snow cones. (laughs) Where are you going? So yeah, Sully wipes out, hits a rock, but amazingly, he's made a three-day journey in 30 seconds. Because he raises his head up out of the snow, and there he can hear the screams of the children in the village. Sully manages to find his way back through one of those doors, back into the factory. He goes straight to the secret lab with the machine, right as Randall is putting Boo in the machine. Oh my god! He gets there just in the nick of time. That thing's coming up to her mouth. And he busts that machine right off its mount. And pins water noose against the wall with it. Like, that's how freakishly strong he is. Think about that. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he just rips that thing off of its mount. And Randall, with his chameleon ass, turns invisible and starts beating the shit out of Sully. Oh my god, the invisible fight with Randall and Sully. (laughs) And Mike just magically appears. (laughs) He throws a snowball at Sully and he's just magically there. How did he get there? How did he get down the mountain in three days? We never never discussed that. (laughs) 
He's like, listen, I'm sorry. I needed some time to think. We both said things we didn't mean. And this whole time, Sully's like, Mike, you don't understand. And he's getting choked out by an invisible Randall. He's just not paying attention. He's too busy trying to apologize. And Mike is not absorbing it. Come on, pal. If you start crying, I'm going to cry. And I'll never get through this. I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. But I am now. Hey, Sully, I am bearing my soul here. The least you can do is pay attention. And he throws a snowball, and it goes right beside Sully's head, but it hits the invisible Randall. Uh-huh. And it makes him reappear. And, like, Sully's like, oh, there he is. And, uh, oh, hey, Randall, wait. Oh. <laughs> And guys, it's just going to get more and more chaotic the farther we go here. So try to stay with us. <laughs> they tear their way onto the scare floor. Randall's coming right after them, trying to murder them. They're trying to get the door to come into the bay so they can put her back. There's no time. They literally just decide, okay, we're taking off with the door. Yeah, the door starts going, like, Sully hits a big button and it recalls all of the doors. Yeah. So they just hitch a ride with the door back to this vast and when I say vast I mean vast the door gallery is insane it is every single door for every single child on the globe yeah is stored back here you want to know why the plan is so big <laughs> it needs to store all those doors. All the door storage. <laughs> we basically get taken on this roller coaster ride. Yeah, we do a roller coaster bit. And I love it. All this this intricate system of like rails that pick the doors up. Props to the Pixar animators for this whole sequence. Oh, this whole sequence is crazy. You know how much time this probably took? Uh because Randall is chasing them. When they when when they come to a dead end and Randall's gonna get them, yeah. they realize that if they just make boots laugh, she will power all of the doors in the facility. That's exactly what happens. She starts laughing, and literally every single door lights up. <gasps> there he is. Make her laugh. What? Sully. Just do it. <laughs> the other thing about it is that her laughter keeps it on even after she stopped laughing. Yeah. So not only is it more powerful, it sustains for longer. Yeah. If she had screamed, by the time she stopped screaming, the door would have gone dark again. And so now we have a very intricate way to run from Randall. We start all this messy Scooby-Doo business, <laughs> trying to run in and out of doors, trying to lose Randall. They go in that first one and they pop out on a very nice sunny beach. It's like a beach bungalow and mike why couldn't we get banished here <laughs> oh my god and so my literal note is randall gets possession of boo like she's a football yeah and and sully and mike are chasing him jumping on doors doing some really dangerous shit mm -hmm. and sully catches back up to randall Randall goes inside the door he's hanging onto as they're whizzing through the air. And when Sully lands in there after them, Randall tries to push him back out the door. Yeah. This is like a long live the king situation. Mm -hmm. Like he's just trying to step on his fingers, trying to make him let go. You've been number one for too long, Sullivan. Now your time is up. And don't worry. I'll take good care of the kid. No. Yeah! 
this is where Boo beats the shit out of Randall. She says fuck it and jumps on his back. He's be- she's beating his head with the bat and he's changing colors. She's not scared of you anymore. Looks like you're out of a job. Mike and Sully take Randall, throw him through this door, and they push the door off the loft. It goes all the way to the bottom and busts apart. So it's it's unusable. He can't come back through. Cut to a shot of the trailer. The one that the Bug City is underneath. Yeah, and the the, the Pizza Planet truck parked outside. And oh my God. The guy's inside. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that shovel. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. I hope Randall spends eternity there. (laughs) (laughs) What a hell. They almost get her back inside her door, right? Mm -hmm. But the door is suddenly recalled to the scare floor where Waternoose and the CDA are waiting for them. I can't believe he's going to try and play this off. Like it wasn't his idea? Yeah, yeah. Like he's just, he's, he's, he's in the middle of a cover up. Her door lands in the dock and Mike causes a diversion. He walks out with Boo's costume under his arm uh-huh. like he's got her and takes off running. And so they all run after him. Waternoose notices that Sully actually has her and is running in the opposite direction. You know what I don't do? What? I don't do Mr. Waternoose running. Oh my God. Sully's got Boo under one arm and her door under the other and they're running down this hallway and this is the nopiest shot in the whole movie. When what? You know I don't do skittering. <laughs> when Waternoose skitters into the hallway and is crawling on the wall for half a second, <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Not the dirty capitalist. <laughs> Solomon? Solomon, give me the child. Give her to me. The capitalist is a crab spider and it's coming to kill you. No. (laughs) Oh my God. And so they go onto the training simulator floor. Uh huh. And the training simulator has a door dock attached to it. And Sully slams the door in there, gets it fixed up turns it on and walks through the door. He puts Boo in bed. He's like, all right, you're going to be safe now. Turns around and there's fucking water news coming through the door. Oh boy, it's time to monologue. It doesn't have to be this way. I have no choice. Times have changed. Scaring isn't enough anymore. But kidnapping children? I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. And I'll silence anyone who gets in my way. No! Guys, it's not Boo's room. It's the simulator. And you know what that means? There's audio and visual equipment hooked up to this simulator. <laughs> and Mike, proud as pie, <laughs> is standing there. Standing there with the CDA. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I spotted several big mistakes. But, but, but how, how did, how, how you know did... What? Let's watch my favorite part again, shall we? I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. Everything he said is now memorialized on tape. So now, the government, I think, is realizing for the first time, this child is not deadly. Yeah, like, obviously, these two monsters have had her this whole time. They're both still alive. 
kids aren't toxic the way we thought they were. Yeah. Here's the other thing I love about this movie is that it just, it snuck this little uh, twist in here at the end. (laughs) All of the CDA members kind of look like the same thing, almost like minions, and but they all have numbers on them. Like codename Kids Next Door. Yeah, and... This is where one of them stops Mike and Sully and say, stay right there. Number one wants to talk to you. And it's like director coming through, you know? Uh-huh. And they all line up. Stay where you are. Number one wants to talk to you. Attention. Hello, boys. Roz? And it's fucking Roz. Roz has been a deep cover plant. (laughs) She's a double agent. She's working for the government. I never knew this went all the way up to water news. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, they interrupted a sting mission. (laughs) Like, oh my God. You intercepted that child, Mr. Sullivan. Boo was supposed to come through the door. Really? Yeah. Roz knew that Boo was here. She wanted to catch Randall with Boo. Okay. Yeah, that was the plan all along. But then Sully intercepted her. Yeah, because when Mike tells her about it the first time, she shrugs it off. Yeah, huh? Because he's not supposed to know about that. Uh Uh-huh. I've never put that together before, Carrie. (laughs) Good for you. Thank you. She is an agent for the deep state. I mean, I know that that, I could have garnered that myself, but holy crap. (laughs) Why have I never thought about that? But here's the thing. Now that we've settled the whole debacle, Roz does say... You know, we do have to put her back. You know, you can't keep her. Her parents are probably like, what the fuck? And not only do we have to put her back, but we're going to have to shred that door because she's experienced too much here. Yeah. You know, she can't she can't know about this and have evidence of it. You know, she can't know about our world and take evidence of it back with her. I have in all capital letters, this scene ruins me. Um, No, leaving Boo is devastating. Literally killing every single one of us as viewers. When she's like handing him all of her toys and she hands him the toy clownfish, the toy Nemo. Uh Uh-huh. And you're like, oh my God, this is way before. This is right before Finding Nemo even... This is, this is three years before Finding Nemo even came out. And she also has a Jessie doll. Uh-huh. And that little red... And that little yellow ball with the red star, star on it. it. Yeah, That uh-huh. you were talking about last week. Absolutely. And it's just like, guys, the references. I love them. Mwah. Chef's kiss. It's not a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. A c- but, you know, he puts her in bed, tucks her in, and I... Mm-mm. You know what this reminds me of? What? You stay. I go. No following. Oh! From Iron Giant. Oh, no! Nothing's coming out of your closet to scare you anymore, right? Uh. Yeah. Goodbye, boo. Kitty. Kitty has to go. He's tearing up, he's hugging her, and he's tearing up, and I'm tearing up, and I'm I'm gonna get upset. Yeah, don't, 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 don't. And, like, he closes her, he, he's like, nothing's coming out of the closet to scare you anymore. Yeah. And he closes her closet door behind him, and, like, she jumps out of bed because she thinks it's a game. Yeah. Boo! She opens that door thinking he's going to be there. And it's just her closet. I know. And then they shred her door. Oh, there's one. 
one splinter left of her door. <laughs> and two knobs. And two knobs. Yeah. And I just, guys, that just, I was really afraid that that's how this movie was going to end. Yeah, right? That, that we were just going to shred her door and I was going to be left an emotionless husk. Thankfully, though. Yeah, thankfully that's not what happens. Because initially there at the end, things look pretty bleak. Come on, pal. Cheer up. We did it. We got Boo home. Uh, sure, we put the factory in the toilet and, gee, hundreds of people will be out of work now. Not to mention the angry mob that'll come after us when there's no more power. But hey, at least we had some laughs, right? That is when Sully has a stellar idea. He decides that he's going to remake their entire business model around laughter instead of scream. Because, you know, as long as a child scream, you're getting power. A kid can laugh and the power will remain. Right? It's ten times more powerful than screaming. That's so crazy, but I also love that. Uh Uh-huh. Just like laughter is the most powerful thing in the world kind of thing. Yeah. And like... (laughs) Cut to this kid's room. He's trying to sleep. And then we we see something moving around, all shadow-like, and you can see in the dark that it's Mike. And I'm like, oh God, is Mike, Mike getting ready to scare somebody? And then you just hear the mic static. All right, all right. Hey, just hang on. Hello, hello, testing, testing. Hey, good evening. How are you? How are you? Nice to see you. I tell you, it's great to be here in your room. Not only is laughter more powerful and more positive for kids, it also gives monsters like Mike a chance to shine for once. Their roles are reversed. Yeah! Now, now Mike is the energy harvester. <laughs> now Mike is the harvester and Sully's the assistant. Yeah! Like, I love, I love Mike's little stand-up act. <laughs> his cringe, it, it, his cringe stand-up routine with this kid. And the kid's not getting or laughing at anything he's saying. <laughs> And he finally just does this trick where he swallows the mic and burps it back out real loud. And it makes the kid laugh like an idiot. Oh, it kills. (laughs) It absolutely kills. Hey, thanks a lot. I'll be here all week. Remember to tip your waitresses. Now laughter commands all of their energy. And Sully's in charge. Yeah. It's really nice. And guess what? Mike and Sully made the cover of Business Shriekly. <laughs> I love those jokes. I love those stupid puns. And he's and Celia's like, I got a whole box full of them for you. And he opens it up. I love this callback. And it's Mike and Sully on the cover, but the barcode has been printed over Mike's face. <laughs> he goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Google, I'm here. I'm on the cover of a magazine. Mike is never letting anything ruin his good time. And I respect him for it. <laughs> when Sully looks at his clipboard and lifts up the piece of paper and he's got her drawing of him on his clipboard with the little shark with the little splinter of her door taped to it. He misses Boo so yeah, much. Yeah. And guys, this is the part where Mike just is the baddest bitch of a best friend yeah, yeah. that you could ever ask for. Mike takes him over to the simulator and Mike has rebuilt Boo's door from all of the scraps of her door. Splinter by splinter. And he's like, you know, it only works if you have every piece. And Sully puts that last piece of wood back in its crack and the door lights up. And he opens the door. 
me and my ancestors. Oh, oh, oh it's so. Lo- I'm so happy. Oh, it's I'm, so I'm good. I'm so happy there at the end. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh. Reunited, Kitty and Boo. Oh my God. And you know, Carrie Ann. Oh yes, this is our favorite part. Here comes our song. If I were a rich man with a million or two. I'd live in a penthouse in a room with a view. Randy, we love you so much. You keep you keep cranking them out, Randy. If I didn't have you is the title of the song, and it is a duet between Mike and Sully. And I mean, it's also a duet between us. Oh, for real! You, you and me together—that's how it always should be. Oh, it's great I energy. Love, I love you. I love you too, bud. This is kind of the um, uh, you've got a friend in me of this. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. It's like the it's the tune that's the basis for the theme and gets called back over and over again throughout the movie. And I love that they didn't make Randy Newman sing it. I'm glad that they let John Goodman and Billy Crystal sing it together. Oh my God, some of the best chemistry of the whole movie is in that song. Right? Like when he's telling Sully not to dip him, like they're dancing. Yes. Don't you dare dip me. Don't you dare dip me. Don't you dare dip me. (laughs) Something we didn't talk about last week, because we've been watching these on Disney Plus, and for whatever reason, they have dark, cold, heartless souls, and they don't want to include the bloopers in the credit sequences. If y'all owned this on DVD or VHS, you know damn well, Pixar went to all the extra trouble of animating bloopers. (laughs) For our entertainment at the end of the movie. And for some fucking reason, Disney Plus has just decided they're too cool for that. Yeah, no, because we didn't talk about the ones for Toy Story, but I can remember some of the ones from Monsters, Inc. where, like, Roz just keeps appearing in random places. (laughs) Like, when he's, when they're shooting the scene, when they're shooting the scene. (laughs) Like it's real. When they're shooting the scene for him trying to get Boo to bed, and he's like, there's nothing in the closet. It's empty. See and opens the door and Roz is in there and goes, guess who? (laughs) (laughs) And the actual... Uh, production. The actual production of put that thing back where it came from or so help me. A a full-scale musical production of it. And so we put that thing back where she came from and she helped us to find a better tomorrow today. We were robbed of that. Yeah, I know. This what time the fuck, around? Disney Plus? <laughs> Put the bloopers in, you cowards. <laughs> and like I said, I think it's I think it's an absolute, you know, step up from where they started at in Toy Story. They just keep getting better. Yeah, and the animation gets better and better with every film. And I mean, the writing doesn't always get better and better. But the world building gets better. Indeed, indeed. The, like, we went from being in a child's bedroom, right, mm-hmm. and figuring out their whole social ecosystem to now expanding it to an entire world. Yeah, we're stepping out of the bedroom. And going into the closet? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> No. And then next week we will go through the closet and into the ocean? I don't know. 
But like, but like, it's just it, one amazing, well thought out world after another. Mm-hmm. And I, but it's all the same world. It, like, no, it is not. For crying out loud, I'm but, not. I'm not yelling at you. But isn't that it though? <laughs> like, I guess maybe maybe it is all one world. Is this like American Horror Story? I think it is. (laughs) It's that kind of thing where it's all in the same world, but not everything's directly related. Yeah, Yeah. for real. (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. God. I'm sad that that's over, actually. I know. We did talk forever. Sorry about that. I feel like that's going to be the feeling at the end of every one of these recordings Uh this month, is that at the end of it, we're going to be like, aw, damn, that's over. Yeah. Can't do that again. (laughs) Shit. But, you know, as problematic as streaming is becoming, you know, I am glad that it is all there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And thank you for letting me mooch. (laughs) Thank you for letting me mooch off the streaming platforms. (laughs) Because, Wow. They figured it out, didn't they? Yeah. Now now everyone's getting their own streaming platform and the paywalls are going up. <laughs> and we've just rebooted cable, basically. Yeah. Mm. I, I knew that that wouldn't. That was a nice 10 years, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, kiddos, everybody on the same college floor all shared one Netflix password. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that's all you needed. So, folks, that's two Pixar flicks in the bag. Mm, got a couple more, don't we? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Because next week, folks, we are going under the sea. Under the sea. To talk about the 2003 Pixar film, Find. Nemo. Under the sea in 2003. <laughs> Chasing and fishing for a son who goes missing. Isn't it great? Stop. <laughs> so guys, stick around for that. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry Mom. Mom. <laughs>